Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapters 6 and 7. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If you've been with us, chapter 1, you know Israel was oppressed in chapter 1. In chapter 2, Moses is born. In chapter 3, Moses is called. Called. Chapter 3. Israel oppressed. Moses is born. Moses is called in chapter 3. Chapter 4, Moses returns to Egypt. We've talked about all these. And then in chapter 5, the last time we were together, you know that Moses and Aaron first met with Pharaoh. Now listen closely. Last time, Moses and Aaron, they met with Pharaoh, remember? And they went to Pharaoh and they said, Pharaoh, God said, let my people go that they might come and serve me or We established the last time we were together that the people were to go into the wilderness and serve or go into the wilderness and worship God. And remember, Pharaoh said, no. And then he went on to say, now this is important. Who is the Lord that I should let them go? Who is the Lord, he said, that I should let them go? Tonight? Pharaoh's going to find out exactly who the Lord is. Oh, he's going to find out. So Pharaoh, you know, if you were with us, he refused to let the people go, calling them lazy. And what he did was he increased their labor and he made it more difficult for them as they were building the pyramids there in Egypt. And instead of giving them straw, he made them gather stubble and, and, and they had to produce the same number of bricks every day. And so the children of Israel came to Pharaoh and they said, this isn't fair. They said, you're you're, you're taskmasters. They're beating us and they're blaming us and they aren't giving us the straw that we need to produce the same work. And then they said, we're willing to work, but it isn't our fault. It's the fault of your own people, they said to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to them, you're idle, you're idle. You're just being lazy. Go back to work. And remember the story if you were with us as they came out from the presence of Pharaoh. They run into Moses. They run into Aaron. And I'm sure they were looking at Moses and Aaron and saying, you know what? I can't believe you guys. Thanks a lot. Because remember, the Pharaoh was angry and more angry with the people because Moses and Aaron had come to them and said, let my people go. And so they run into Moses and Aaron. And they said, thanks a lot. Because you guys were being beaten even more. Because of you guys, our affliction is even great. And then they said, 
you, Moses and Aaron, have made us to stink in the presence of Pharaoh. Can you imagine how Moses and Aaron feel? I mean, here they are serving the Lord, doing the will of God, doing the plan and the purpose of God. And what happens? The people rebel. The people complain. I'll tell you something, leaders. That's kind of the way it is. If you can't handle the complaining people, run for ministry. Somebody once said the sheep have sharp teeth. (laughs) Amen. They said, man, we were happy being slaves. Remember they said that? that? That statement to me is just amazing. They said we were happy being slaves. Isn't it amazing how quickly we forget when we were in the world? We forget, oh, you know, when you become a Christian, you've been a Christian for some time. You know, the tendency, Satan is the tendency to make you want to turn around and go back to the world. Don't say amen. Make, Satan wants to make you turn around and go back to the world and make you think you had something going on when you were in the world before you knew Christ. Listen, ain't nothing back there. How quickly we forget. Well, I was happier as a slave. I was happier in the world. No, you weren't. You forget about the mornings you woke up with a hangover. You forget about the problems that were back there. You forget about the circumstances and the situations that you found yourself in, the relationships you had no business being in. You forget all about that stuff. And we think there's something back in the world. There's nothing back there. You see, Egypt represents the world. Remember I told you? So to look back at Egypt and to think something's back there, there's nothing back in the world for you. Saints, listen, stay where you are and move forward in Christ. We're happy being slaves. Moses, Aaron, it's all your fault. Well, then in verse 22, look at chapter uh, 5. Look at chapter 5. In verse 22 of uh, chapter 5, now look at this here. So then what happened? Look at verse 22. So Moses returned to the Lord. Chapter 5, verse 22, you there? So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? In a quick, we are so quick to blame God. Why is it that you have sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people. Neither have you delivered your people at all. Moses returned to the Lord and said, God, what why have you done this to me? And I can hear Moses saying, Lord, you know, you're the one that, that, that showed up at the bush. You're the one that showed me the tricks. You know, the hand thing, put the hand in, it's leprous, put the hand in, it's clean. God, that's all you. Look, I was just hanging out with the sheep. I wasn't doing anything. You showed up. You did all this. He says, God, you're the one that turned the rod into a snake and turned the water to blood, and and, and I'm just doing what you told me. And now Pharaoh's mad at me, the Egyptians are mad at me, and my own people are mad at me, which is where we pick up tonight. Chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, saints, if you're there, say amen. amen. Well, then the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand, he will let them go. You see, he had a strong hand of holding on to him. God says with a strong hand, same strong hand, he's going to let him go. 
And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of this land. And God spoke to Moses in verse two and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as El Shaddai, God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. Interesting, underline that, saints. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. And I've also heard the groanings of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am who saints the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will rescue you from their bondage and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments and I will take you as my people and I will be your God. And then you shall know that I'm the Lord, your God, who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land, which I swore, notice, to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a heritage, for I am who, saints? The Lord. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Moses, give me your attention. Moses is complaining to God. And God said, Moses, remember two things. I am and I will. I am and I will. You know, I am is one of the many names of God, which, by the way, my people, is the reason the Jewish people wanted to kill Jesus because he claimed to be the I am. And the term I am is a term that is reserved for God and God alone. So when Jesus said, I am, fill in the blank, I'm the bread of life, I'm the resurrection and the life, I'm the water of life. When he said, I am, the Jewish people, they were like pulling out their hair because he was taking the name of God. So God says to Moses, I am. And so God repeats his name. Did you notice that over and over and over again to tell Moses, Moses, take your eyes off the problem and put your eyes on the great I am. God says, I am. You see, remember God, if you've been with us on Wednesday night, you know this. God never, watch this, watch this. God never told Moses that he, Moses, was going to deliver Israel. God never said that. The deliverance of the people of Israel is not Moses' responsibility. It's God's responsibility. If you knew that, say amen. Amen. That is huge. That's why God says, listen, Moses, I am. Not Moses, you are. God says, I am. And then notice he also says, I will deliver Israel. You see, Moses is just a tool in God's hand. God says, I will to remind Moses that he's going to fulfill every one of his promises to Israel. And the thing to note here is that God is going to fulfill his promise to Israel. 
God is always, always, always the initiator of his promises. God is always the initiator, the inventor, the designer, the maker of his promises. Under the old covenant, God is the initiator of all his promises and was committed to do all the things he said he would do for the nation of Israel. And get this, under the new covenant, God is the initiator of his promises. As a matter of fact, Hebrews chapter 8, Hebrews chapter 12 tells us that Jesus is the mediator of the new and the better covenant. So we Christians, listen, are partakers of a better covenant, better promises, if you will. And God is equally committed to bless us and to do all the things that he promised to do through Jesus Christ to us. You understand? God's the initiator of his promises. God says, I am Moses and I will. Now notice in verse three, because I had you underline it. God said, I appeared to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And he appeared as what? God Almighty, El Shaddai. But you notice this here. Look at verse 3 again. But by my name, Lord, that's Yahweh. If you're taking notes, write that in your margin. Yahweh, God says, I was not known to them. And that's interesting. Now, why would God say that? It would seem that throughout the Old Testament, the patriarchs, listen, the patriarchs or the fathers, that they knew God. But God says they didn't know God as Yahweh. They knew God, but they didn't know God as Yahweh. You got to understand something here. See, the patriarchs, they knew the name of God. Patriarchs, that refers to the fathers, to the fathers of the nation of the people. The fathers of patriarchs knew the name Yahweh, but they didn't know the name Yahweh. The patriarchs knew God as the maker of the covenant. But Moses and the generation of Exodus would know God as the one who fulfilled the covenant and the promises. You understand, see, they knew God, but they didn't really know him intimately. And unfortunately, I know a lot of people like that. I know a lot of people that know God, but they don't know God, if you think you know what I'm talking about, say, say amen. amen. A lot of people, you know, they, they know God. And they can spout out scriptures and theological terminologies, eschatology on the predestination, on the ordination of the proclamation of the revelation. My brother. This is jargon. Are you hearing pray? Oh, Father, who sitteth high, looketh low. Wouldest thou come down in thine great majesty? You know what? I'm not saying you, look, if you pray like that, that's all I'm going to say I'm on tape, all right? But why not just say, you know what, God? I'm low, you're high. God, you're awesome. I'm awesome sometimes. 
I'm just talking about getting real with God. You understand? And some people know God, but they don't know God. And Israel, they knew God as Yahweh, and they would say Yahweh from their lips, but they really didn't know God. Because all of God and the things that God had given them had been reduced and boiled down to just a bunch of rules and regulations. There was no real heart in it. There was no real love in it. And God says the fathers, they, 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 they didn't know Yahweh. Truly, from their heart, they didn't know. Now, I want you to notice something. Because remember the last time we were together. Remember when we ended chapter 5. I gave you homework. Did you do your homework? Don't tell me the dog ate it. (laughs) I gave you homework, remember? And I told you that I wanted you to go through chapter 6, particularly in the first eight verses, and I wanted you to circle, to highlight, underline in some way all of the, every time you saw I, I am, or I will. Remember I told you that in the last time? I want you to notice, and we're going to look at it pretty in-depth tonight, because I find this pretty fascinating. Look at, um, we'll pick up in verse, look at verse 6. We just read it. I want to point out to you tonight that there are seven, the seven I will statements in this passage. Now, Now, what it reminds me of is Isaiah chapter 14. Do you remember the five I will statements from who? Satan. Well, here are the seven I will statements from God. The difference is that God has the ability, the power, the omnipotence to bring to pass his I will statements. Satan has no power. Somebody say amen. Amen. Satan has no power. I will sit on the throne and be like the most high God. Isaiah 14, read me on time. I don't have time going. Here we have in these next two verses, two or three verses, six through eight, we have the seven I will statements from God to Israel. I want you to circle it, highlight it. If you haven't done your homework, let's do it together. Look at verse six. God says, I will, what does he say in verse 6? First of all, I will bring you out. You see that in verse 6? And then secondly, God says again in verse 6, I will rescue you from their bondage. And then again in verse 6, God says, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. And then in verse 7, God says, I will take you as my people. And then in verse 7 again, God says, I will be your, who saints? God, in verse 7. And then in verse 8, God says, I will bring you into the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then finally, number 7, God says, I will give you as a heritage. You see that again? Pardon me. That's in verse eight. I will give you or give it the land to you as a heritage because I am the Lord. 
These are the seven I will statements of God. And listen to me closely now. Here's my point here, what I've been wanting to get to for weeks. These seven I will statements from God to Israel actually, watch this, paint a powerful picture of the salvation of the believer. It's very, very interesting. Seven things that God does in the life of the believer as it relates to salvation, we see that in these verses pictured. Number one, you still with me taking notes? Number one in verse six, God says, I will release you from your burden. Did you know? Listen to me close. Say amen if you did know that sin is an awful burden. It really, really is. God says, number one, verse six, he says, I will release you from your burden. Psalm 32, verse three, David said, and I love how this is written in the New International Version. David said in Psalm 32, verse three, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groanings all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me and my strength, notice this, was sapped as in the heat of summer. You see, David's unconfessed sin, according to Psalm 32, sucked the life right out of him. His sin, David is saying in Psalm 32, was a burden. But once he dealt with that burden, once he dealt with his sin, then Psalm 32 goes on to say, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. David understood my sin is a burden. And yet when God forgives me, when God cleanses me, I am a blessed man. When you get saved, God releases you from the burden of sin. Point number two, talking about these I will statements of God to Israel, how it relates to our salvation. Point number two, verse six again, I will rescue you from bondage. You see that? You see, sin's not only a burden, but you guessed it, sin is bondage. It really is. Jesus, the Bible says, came to rescue us from the bondage of sin. And John chapter 8, verse 32 tells us, and you will know the truth. Don't you know that verse? And you will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. That's the word, my brother. Sin's a burden, but also sin is bondage. God says, I will rescue you from your bondage. And then number three, God says in verse six again, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. And saints, isn't it true? Jesus redeemed us with his arms outstretched where? On the cross. He redeemed us with an outstretched arm and he paid the price of our redemption. Psalm 98 verse one says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song for he has done marvelous things and his right hand and his holy arm has gained us the victory. Sin is a burden. Sin is bondage. And God says, point number three, I'll redeem you. 
Point number four, God says in verse seven, I will take you as my people and I will be your God. Now, you know what this speaks of? This speaks of adoption. I don't know about you, but I love that word adoption because we're all adopted. Whether you're adopted in this physical world, some of you guys have been adopted as children and, and, and you have adopted parents that have adopted you and, and, and you've lived with them and loved them and they've loved you. But we're all as saints, people of God. We've all been adopted into the family of God. So I love the word adoption. Now Romans chapter 8 verse 15 reads this, listen close. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.